For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Martin McCloskey. On Fire. This is Mark McCloskey On Fire on News Talk STL. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mark McCloskey, Mark McCloskey On Fire, 101.9 uh, News Talk STL. You can catch me on my Twitter feed, now X. And my wife is pointing to the fact that I've got my glasses on. She didn't like the fact that I have my glasses on. But there we go. Do I, am, I, am I even more handsome now? Um, let's see. But, you know, I can't see myself either, so I'm going to have to take your word for it. Anyway, so I'm not allowed to be on film with my glasses on. This posed a tremendous problem during the campaign because every once in a while I'd have, like, my notes to read, like like Joe Biden, right? I'd have to, like, pull them out of my pocket and try to remember what I was supposed to say. But then I couldn't read them because I didn't have the glasses on anyway. But anyway, my, my wife, who, by the way, constantly refuses to participate in this radio program, is giving me advice on what to wear on my face while I'm on this radio program. We're on two other radio programs today, not my program, mind you, other people's programs, making money for other people. She was participating in both of those. When I asked her, come on my program, be the voice of reason, like you were when you told me not to shoot the BLM guys, but, you know, the voice of reason, she won't be on my program. So, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Anyway, once again, this is Mark McCloskey. I'm not too much on fire today. It's, It's Christmas Eve. I thought we'd have a little fun, you know, um, ask ourselves what we'd like Santa Claus to bring us this year. How about an honest government? Wouldn't that be a nice gift? How about a government that actually thinks of the people instead of their own pocketbooks? Wouldn't that be a nice gift? How about a Joe Biden in handcuffs? Wouldn't that be a nice gift? How about a Hunter Biden buried under the prison? Wouldn't that be a nice gift, you know? Oh, wait a second. I said buried. That means I'm a terrorist. That means I'm implying that he should be dead. No, no, no. I'm merely using it euphemistically when they say that they're going to throw the book at somebody. They don't mean they're actually going to throw a book at somebody. That's not a threat of physical violence. That's a threat of some, you know, legitimate legal action. And when I say buried under the jail, that just means getting a long-term sentence. So anyway, wouldn't that be a nice present from Santa Claus to send Joe Biden to jail, send Hunter Biden to jail, to send uh, Jim Biden to jail? and to send Dr. Joe Biden back to school so she could actually get a, a, a degree where you could legitimately call her doctor and not have her just be the guy that leads the alleged president of the United States around by his elbow so he doesn't get lost on stage. You know, so let's digress just a little bit here. This is, uh, this is what? This is uh, Christmas Eve 2023. We've now had a guy named Joe Biden as president since uh, January 20th, 2021. Uh, a guy who is being led around by the Easter Bunny on occasion, a guy who can't remember where he is and how to get off stage unless his, his wife, who's torturing him in his old age, pulls him by the elbow, a guy that can barely put one foot in front of another, yet he's supposed to be the leader of the free world. He's supposed to be the most powerful man in the world, and he doesn't know where the hell he is at any given moment. So why isn't And I say this every day myself. I say it every time I get a chance. Why isn't the question of who's actually running the country, who actually is the leader of the free world, what to the extent there is a free world, the uh, who is actually the most powerful person in the world, who the heck is that? Why wouldn't that question, 
who's actually running this country? Why wouldn't that be the number one question everybody would have on the top of their mind, top of mind, as, as uh, you know, certain people that spoke for the president used to say? Uh, why wouldn't that be the most important question in the world right now? Who the heck is running the United States? Who the heck is pulling the strings? Who the heck is, is propping up this dying puppet as an alleged president? And who's actually running the White House? Well, I don't have a clue, but let's say it's uh, really Barack Obama. Let's say that uh, Joe Biden actually got elected president, which I don't believe. But since he's occupying that space and he obviously is incompetent and can't do it, let's say he's actually ceding control of the United States government to Barack Obama. Wouldn't that be an insurrection? Wouldn't that be an, an act of unconstitutional transfer of power from the legitimate government of the United States to an insurrectionist government, an unelected government which has taken over? Not by, not by the will of the people or by vote or even by act of Congress or act of the courts, but merely by the word of one man, Joe Biden, saying to his old boss, I'm an incompetent old poop. You run the world. I'm going to sit here and eat my damn ice cream, right? Wouldn't that be treasonous? Wouldn't that be insurrectionist? Wouldn't that disqualify Joe Biden from being on the ballot every place, you know? Of course, there's another reason why Joe Biden shouldn't be on the jury, on the jury, shouldn't be on the uh, the ballot any place, and that's the fact that that we have this little thing called an invasion going on on the southern border, going on every day, seven thousand people a day, eight thousand people a day, ten thousand people a day. Last week, twelve thousand people a day, just the ones that get caught and released. Uh, you know, a hundred thousand this month. You know, in in every three months. Uh, the uh, illegal immigrant population would make one of the 20 largest cities in the country every month, right? This is ridiculous. And so let's ask this. And, and by the way, uh, Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor of Texas, asked this question recently. Isn't that an insurrection? Allowing in all these illegal aliens, allowing them in contrary to the law that's been passed by Congress and signed by a real president, letting these people in, to, to destroy our country, to suck up our resources, to suck up our federal tax dollars, to, to devalue education because now people that can't speak English are going to have to be mainstreamed in public education institutions at your cost and mine, kicking people out of hotel rooms so they can occupy them, building them hundreds of thousands of dollar condominiums to live in because we need to have housing. <laughs> I liked it when we were up in D.C. before the Army-Navy game, and the parents of the players for the Army and Navy football teams were kicked out of their hotel rooms so that illegal aliens could take their spaces. Isn't that an insurrection? Isn't that an illegal transfer of power from legitimate American citizens to illegal aliens being not just aided and abetted by, by President Biden, but actively encouraged by him? If, not, if that's not a real insurrection, if that's not a real invasion, I don't know what the heck is. But that's where we have it right now. So maybe we should ask Santa Claus for a complete border wall. Maybe we should ask Santa Claus for the enforcement of the immigration laws that Congress has passed and past presidents have signed. Maybe we should ask Santa Claus to come down that chimney at the White House and boot Joe Biden's ass out the front door and say, we're going to have a real president that obeys the law, that doesn't engage in insurrection, that doesn't acquiesce in and fund an invasion of this country that will never be reversed. And by the way, 
Think about those poor border patrol agents, people that signed up to secure our border, to make this country safer, actual American citizens. Think what their jobs have become. They can't enforce a border. They can't enforce the drug trade. They can't, they can't stand between us and the evil Mexican cartels. All they can do is process immigrants into the country faster than they possibly can. Meanwhile, flooding in with drugs, flooding in with foreign nationals, mostly army age single men from all over the world, from Africa, from Asia, from China, from Russia, from every country in South and Central America coming in here, not for asylum, but the ones that will admit it, they say they're coming here just for jobs, which by the way, Americans ought to have jobs in America, not foreigners. But more than that, these are mostly single male of draft age. What are those people? Those people are potential terrorist cells. Those people are potential plants in this country to be activated uh, when push comes to shove with certain third-party nations, for example, Iran, for example, China, for example, you know, fill in the blank. Uh, Hezbollah, you know, go, go figure. Donald Trump had a rally on January 6, 2021, where he said that he believed that he was actually elected president, where he said that the people should protest peacefully and patriotically. And for that, he's been called a terrorist. He's been called an insurrectionist. The Supreme Court of Colorado has removed him from the Republican primary ballot because he engaged in insurrection when he said, let's go peacefully and patriotically to protest at the Capitol. Joe Biden has taken money from foreign nationals, has assisted at a bare minimum, at a bare minimum with his son, stripping millions of dollars out of our adversaries to line his own pockets. And I, 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 I said this from the first time this news broke. And by the way, you got to hand it to uh, our 8th uh, District Congressman, now Chairman of Ways and Means, Jason Smith. He broke this news from a, uh, um, a WhatsApp uh, message where you've got Hunter Biden say, I'm sitting right here with my dad. If you don't come up with the money by the end of tonight, uh, we're going we're gonna to unleash upon you the entire fury of myself and my father, and you'll regret it for the rest of your life. And then you've got the evidence, now lots of evidence, that Joe Biden is calling into the business meetings and business dinners that his son Hunter is having with foreign nationals and foreign dignitaries and oligarchs and dictators. And you know what? If Joe Biden wasn't in on it, if Joe Biden had an ounce of integrity, if he was actually an honest man, if he actually had some, some self-respect, he would have said after the very first one of those calls, you know, Hunter, if you ever expose me to that kind of a situation again, if you ever make me take advantage of me that way to make it look as if I'm supporting your, your, your nefarious business enterprises, I'll never speak to you again. But did, did Joe Biden say that? No. Joe Biden on 24 different occasions calls into meetings where his son is extracting foreign tribute and participates in those meetings. What's she doing? Saying, you know, well, the weather's nice here in D.C. How's the, how's the weather in Beijing? You know, um, let's see. Would, if the weather gets a little better in Beijing, would you mind, like, for example, giving me a million dollars here or there? Or if you can't give it to me, can you give it to Hunter? You know, Joe Biden doesn't say, how dare you take advantage of my name to benefit yourself? Don't you ever put me in that situation again. No, he does it again and again and again and again and again, 
and then lies to the American people. And by the way, you know, I've never had anything to do with my son's business investments. He starts off with, I've never discussed my son's business arrangements with him. And then when the inarguable truth is that he did, well, I've never discussed his financial arrangements. Then the inevitable proof is that he did. And now he just doesn't care because he thinks we're all too stupid to pay attention or enough of us are too stupid to pay attention that they don't even have to lie about it anymore. But my best part is what's he always say about us? He always says that we're not paying enough taxes. Joe Biden gets down there the microphone and he whispers. He says, pay your fair share. Just pay your fair share. Of course, my son doesn't have to pay his taxes. My other family members don't have to pay their taxes. I don't report the money that I'm getting on the side from the Chinese and the Russians and the Ukrainians and the Kazakhstanis and everybody else. But pay your fair share. Well, I think Joe Biden should pay his fair share of the remainder of his life in a prison cell someplace, and then he could just lie his ass off. I'd like to have Adam Schiff in the next cell over where he could lie his ass off. You know, on the other hand, if you're a Republican and you say what you actually believe in and you say what you have evidence of, you're an insurrectionist, you're a terrorist, you'll be sued like Rudy Giuliani out of your existence. You'll get your doors kicked in like Roger Stone. you get pulled off of airplanes and put in shackles like Peter Navarro. You'll get sentenced to prison like Steve Bannon. Or, if you're Hunter Biden, you can ignore congressional subpoenas. You can thumb your nose at society. You can show up on the Senate steps at the time that you're supposed to be testifying in front of the House of Representatives on the other end of that building and, and flout the system. And do you think Hunter Biden is going to go to jail? Do you think somebody's going to kick down his doors? Do you think they're going to haul him off an airplane in chains? Do you think they're going to throw him in prison? Nah. You know, there'll be investigations. There'll be uh, committee meetings. There will be all kinds of press statements. And Hunter Biden will live out the rest of his nefarious life in wealth and splendor, cocaine and happiness. And we'll be right back with some more of this happiness for Christmas Eve. More Mark McCloskey at NewstalkSTL.com. More Mark McCloskey on fire coming up on Newstalk STL. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Mark McCloskey on fire. This is Mark McCloskey on fire on News Talk STL. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, happy Christmas Eve. You know, one of the things that concerns me the most about our our current uh, environment in this country is that when they talk about the weaponization of the of the Justice Department and weaponization of the FBI and the weaponization of the court systems. And when people talk about lawfare, it's, it's much worse than that. I mean, it's gotten to the point in this country now where if you have the wrong political opinions, even if you hold those opinions strongly, even if you believe in your heart of hearts that your, your political advocacy is warranted by the facts and the circumstances, 
you're now subject to arrest. You're now subject to imprisonment. You're now subject to civil lawsuits being filed uh, by uh, biased prosecutors in front of biased judges in jurisdictions where their juries will not give you a fair trial. And the law is manufactured against you to where you cannot possibly win if you happen to be a MAGA Republican. You know, back in November of 2020, AOC came out with what she called the Trump Accountability Program, that everybody that worked for the Trump Organization or supported Donald Trump or worked on the Trump campaign would be persecuted for the rest of their lives, that they would be identified, harassed, and uh, prohibited for in, in engaging in normal activities, have their jobs destroyed, have their lives destroyed in perpetuity. And it is it has manifested itself in oh so many ways. Think about think about our buddy Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani and, and Bernie Carrick, the former police commissioner in New York, came down and spent a couple of days with Patty and me back in the fall of 2020. At that point, Rudy Giuliani was an American hero. He was America's mayor, the, the hero of New York during the 911 tragedy, the guy that, that stood his ground, guy that broke the mafia in New York City, a guy who was recognized as, as one of the most steadfast, uh, fearless, uh, standard bearers for everything we hold near and dear in this country. Now he's been reduced to a, to a, 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 a pariah not by anything he actually did, but for what he stood for, and that's standing for Donald Trump, standing for fair elections, standing for the equal application of the law. And so what happens? He, uh, he gets sued in federal court in D.C. for saying that he believed that some election workers down in, in Georgia had faked some, faked some ballots that had pulled out and uh, illegal ballots and that had had packed the ballot boxes, all right? These accusations get made in every election by every party for as long as I've been alive, which is now 67 years. But for as long as there have been elections, there have been claims that the elections were fraudulently engaged in, that the ballot boxes were stuffed, that the numbers were manipulated. And by the way, everybody recognizes the fact now that uh, the 60 election with, with President Kennedy was rigged. Everybody accepts the fact that uh, Lyndon Johnson's election to the Senate was rigged. Nobody, nobody thinks anything about that. But now, all of a sudden, challenging elections. You know I've got my glasses on again. Look at that. <laughs> Patty, have you been asleep this whole segment? Hey, you, haven't, you didn't give me any poop whatsoever about starting again with my glasses on. Now the whole world knows I'm nearsighted. You know? Holy crap. Anyway, so you get, you get Rudy Giuliani. All right. He says that these two election workers, a mom and her daughter, who nobody ever heard about before, who nobody cared about at all, who had no national reputation or even local reputation, they're just poll workers in a county in Georgia, that he defamed them by saying they engaged in election fraud. Well, he believed that they engaged in election fraud. He believed that he had video evidence that they engaged in election fraud, but they sue him for defaming him. All right. Now, defamation is kind of an interesting aspect of the law because you gotta you gotta prove certain things. A, you gotta prove that what the person you alleged defamed you by saying isn't true, that they knew it wasn't true, and they said it anyway to damage you. And here's a more interesting thing: you gotta prove you were in fact damaged. All right. Everybody listening to this program, everybody watching this now, without looking at your cell phone, tell me the names. 
of the people that Rudy Giuliani allegedly defamed. All right? I bet you can't because you don't care what their names are. You didn't know who they were before. You don't know who they are now. They did not have any reputation in your mind then, and their reputation, which you didn't know about before, hasn't been damaged in any way because you didn't know them then. You don't know them now. But somehow, that jury awarded damages against Rudy Giuliani for $147 million, okay, $147 million. Those two people that sued him would never make a half a million dollars between the two of them in the entire rest of their lives, I guarantee it. Those two people could not possibly have suffered $147 million worth of damage to their reputation or their pain and suffering. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been a personal injury lawyer my whole life. If you get an infant that's born with cerebral palsy as a result of the negligence of their treating doctor who's going to live their entire life in horrible pain and agony under circumstances you can't even imagine unless you've had a child who's, who's suffering from the same kind of disabilities, and you ask a jury for $10 million in St. Louis County, they'll laugh at you because they think that's an outrageous amount of money. You'll have the defense lawyer saying that the ladies and gentlemen, the Mr. McCloskey asked you for $10 million. That's an outrageous amount of money. Here's, here's a couple of unknown poll workers in Georgia get a verdict for $147 million. Well, of course, Rudy hasn't got $147 million. He can't pay his lawyers right now. He's getting barbecued on every side. He's a criminal defendant down in Fulton County, Georgia, for what? For being a lawyer for Donald Trump. You got Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake's getting sued out in Arizona for saying that, that there was a fraud in her election, which everybody in Arizona knows there was fraud in her election. Worse than that, her lawyers are being pursued by the Bar Association for having the guts to represent Carrie Lake. John Eastman, one of President Trump's attorneys, has had his law license on trial since last June by the Bar Court of California for writing two memos regarding what, what Mike Pence's options were on January 6th in counting the electors. And he wrote two memos, one of which was fairly brief, one of which was a little longer, outlining what he believed the law was, outlining what he believed Mike Pence's options were under the circumstances. And the second of those memos had six different options on what Mike Pence could do. This doesn't get reported by the press, but this is what it said. Under three of those scenarios, Joe Biden still wins. Under two of those scenarios, Joe, the, uh, the election results are just postponed. And only un, under one out of six of those alternatives does Donald Trump get declared president that day. And yet for offering a legal opinion based on the law, based on the facts, based on the Constitution of the United States, and based on the actions of, of uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson when they were running for president, the Bar Association of California wants John Eastman's law license. They want to destroy the rest of his life. John's not as old as I am. I think he's only about 62 right now. But they want to destroy the rest of his life. Why? Because he had the guts to stand up and voice an honest legal opinion, an honest legal opinion that disagreed with a deep state, disagreed with the real powers out there, and so he has to be crushed. And guess what? John Eastman's also a defendant down there in Fulton County, Georgia. And when you start making a crime 
out of political opinions. And worse than that, when you start making it a crime to represent people who are charged with having the wrong political opinions, then you don't have a free country anymore. This is absolutely no different than the Soviet Union, absolutely no different than China. A, a buddy of mine's son, Ryan Zink, goes to trial as a January 6th or up in D.C. in front of a judge who also is on one of Donald Trump's cases. The, the, uh, the prosecution sells his uh, indictment to the grand jury saying that he was a mastermind of the January 6th insurrection and personally responsible for the death of Officer Brian Sisnick. On the first day of trial, they admit that both of those things are completely wrong. They have no evidence of either of those things. And in fact, Ryan never was even in the Capitol building. So they moved to dismiss the case. Ryan's lawyers moved to dismiss the case. The judge says, you're guilty. You can put on your defense if you want to, but you're guilty. Jury takes 20 minutes to convict him um, and give him recommend 21 years in prison. And what did he do? He took video that day. What did he take video of? The agent's provocateur, the government agents encouraging people to climb the steps and to break windows and do the violence that you, you see. Well, so the case is over. The appeal is, is beginning. And so Ryan's lawyers asked to see the video cameras and the memory cards that the government seized from him when they arrested him. And guess what? The government says, the Justice Department says, the FBI says, they've been destroyed. And so here you have the United States of America, people getting arrested for simply exercising their First Amendment rights under the Constitution in a peaceful and patriotic and nonviolent way. They get arrested. They get thrown in the gulag. They go up in front of a, a, a kangaroo court with a puppet jury. They've got a biased judge biased prosecutor, their public defenders in a lot of these cases tell people they should be in prison even though they're allegedly representing the defendants, and then the government destroys the exculpatory evidence. What kind of a world is that? Is that the United States of America? Is that total BS or what? If we tolerate this, if we don't stand up against this and say we will not tolerate this, then we get what we deserve. We have a chance to set this back. We have a chance to reclaim our freedom. We have a chance to turn this country around, but we got to do it in one way, and that's elect Donald J. Trump president again and have him clean house, fire everybody in the Justice Department, fire everybody in the FBI, fire every U.S. attorney and every assistant U.S. attorney and all of their staff members and everybody down to the last man and woman and replace them with honest people that will put the Constitution first, the rights of the people first, freedom of this country first, and, you know, drain the swamp. And I can't tell you how much, how much this concerns me as an attorney because your whole life you're told that as an attorney you've got a right to represent your clients and a duty to represent your clients zealously. And that used to be defined as having the right to advocate everything that the law provides as well as advocating for any reasonable changes in the law that you believe are justified. But that's not the law anymore. The law is now you go, you, te- you represent your clients in conformity with what the power structure wants you to say. If, the, if, if you don't believe that what your client has said is uh, is in line with a power structure, you have to tell them they belong in jail, right? 
I won't represent you unless you agree that you need to confess and go to jail because you've got the wrong political opinion. That's literally where we are in this country today. If you take the wrong political opinion, you're a criminal. If you take the wrong political opinion and ask for action for your supporters to support you in demonstrating, then you're a terrorist. If, uh, if you represent somebody charged with having the wrong political opinion, then you need to lose your law license because it's a crime of moral turpitude. That moral turpitude phrase is what they used against my wife and me to try to take our law licenses. It's a phrase they're using to try to take John Eastman's law license. And moral turpitude used to mean doing something immoral, doing something evil, doing something intentionally wrong with an with a intent of damaging people. Well, now that phrase, moral turpitude, is interpreted as meaning having the wrong political opinion or representing people who have the wrong political opinion. If you can't speak your mind, if you can't freely express your political opinions, and when you get criminally charged or civilly sued for pursuing your legitimate First Amendment rights, you can't hire a lawyer. I saw something on the web yesterday where they were boasting that lawyers have lost $150 million by virtue of representing Donald Trump. And we talk about this all the time. How much must it chill the average person out there in politics to know that when they get arrested, they can't get a lawyer because when they try to hire a lawyer, that lawyer is going to know if I represent Donald Trump or if I represent Rudy Giuliani or if I represent Mark McCloskey, I'm never going to get another client I'll get fired from my law firm, and I'm going to end up having to sell peanuts at the football game for the rest of my life. And ladies and gentlemen, that is not the United States of America I grew up in. We cannot allow this to persist. We have to wipe that slate clean and start over with an honest government, a real Justice Department, and a president named Donald Trump who's going to make all that happy. Well, you know, I, 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 I hear my, my, my phone going off. I think we've got a, a, a special caller calling in right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with, uh, with a special guest. Get more Mark McCloskey at NewstalkSTL.com. This is Mark McCloskey on Fire on Newstalk STL. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Mark McCloskey. On fire. You're listening to Mark McCloskey on fire on NewstalkSTL. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we've got a special caller in here. I think you're going to get a big treat. Let's uh, give a big warm welcome here on McCloskey, Mark McCloskey on fire, to President Donald J. Trump. Hello, Mark. It's great to be with you on your wonderful show. You look at the ratings, they're terrific, and uh, really you're doing a terrific job. So uh, it's great to be with you. That I can tell you. Believe me. <laughs> well, it's nice of you to, to call in this afternoon. I know you haven't got anything else to do. Um, you know, what do you, what, do you, what do you think about uh, the Colorado Supreme Court bumping you off the ballot? Well, I, I would say they're sick people, they're savage animals, they're uh, radical uh, leftists, communists, Marxists, they're people who they don't love our country, and uh, they have, it's called Trump derangement syndrome. It's a disease that's been 
traveling around our country. It's uh, you could call it like the original COVID, the China virus. You can call it the original China virus, but uh, it's a sickness, and a lot of people have it. That I can tell you, and uh, these are sick people. But I think ultimately. It's going to be overturned, right? We call it overturned by the Supreme Court of the United States. And a lot of great people that I put in there that I can tell you, believe me, I hope they can repay the favor, right? I put you in and then eventually when one day down the lines, a state comes together and says, you, you're not going to be on the ballot, bing, bong, boom. They deny it and, uh, and then we get back on that ballot, right? Believe me. So what do you think about your uh, our buddy Rudy Giuliani getting hit with a $147 million judgment? Well, back to what I was saying before, these people are very sick, and they'll stop at nothing, right? They'll stop at nothing. You look at me. I say, wow, I'm jealous. Only $140 million. They're coming <laughs> after me for $250 million, and they want to take my buildings, my big, beautiful buildings that I built, uh, along with a few Polish people helped. But uh, my big, beautiful buildings... Uh, and they want to take them. They want to take my company. Uh, Leticia Peekaboo James, we call her. I turn around. She's doing Peekaboo behind me. These are terrible people. You look at everyone who's sort of all the prosecutors. You look at if you look at their faces. You take them on a computer screen, and you or a television screen, and you look at Jack Smith. You look at Peekaboo James. You look at the, what was the what was the one in New York? Bragg. Yeah. I call him Fat Alvin. Fat Alvin. <laughs> The only guy that makes Chris Christie look skinny. Guy makes Chris Christie look like Taylor Swift. You look at these people and you're like, wow, these are some seriously unattractive people, right? I mean, they look sort of demonic. It's not good, these people, the faces. You can almost tell which one is going to indict Trump, the one who looks the least attractive, that I can tell you. But these are horrible people. Rudy is a wonderful guy. He was really America's mayor. You look at what happened on September 11th. And they're forgetting September 11th. You know, New York City, they're, they're all parading through the streets for Palestine. We love Palestine. Most of these people, Palestinians, I don't think they'd like too much. Believe me. A lot of the LGBTQ. I don't think the Palestinians like the LGBTQ. Believe me. I, uh, I think it might be illegal. I think it might be illegal to be a gay person over there. But they're all marching for the Palestinians. I remember on September 11th when Rudy, our great Rudy, was mayor. These people were cheering like uh, like we do on New Year's. They were all marching around. Oh, Bubba. It was, these, are, these are sick people. These are sick people. And, but you know what? Back then, they didn't have allies right here in our country. Or at least if they did, it was very few. But now you have a lot of people in our country that have been radicalized, whether it's through universities or uh, I, I guess cable news, you look at MSDNC, you look at the radicals on CNN, and uh, they're like, oh, now on TikTok, they're all doing the challenge. Oh, I read Osama bin Laden's letter, and they're praising it. They're saying bin Laden is a genius. I mean, Mark, and you know it, these are sick people. They're sick people. <laughs> you know, talking about attractive people, how about E. Jean Carroll? Oh, boy, E. Jean Carroll. I mean, I mean, it was, you know, the Me Too thing, right? The Me Too. There was some real ones. There were a few real ones, and they ended up in prison. But then it was like, look, you got Cuomo. Now, I don't like Cuomo. I'm not a fan of Cuomo. But Cuomo had to leave office because of a, a woman said in a Christmas party. And by the way, Merry Christmas. I brought back Merry Christmas. You have your beautiful, your big, beautiful Santa hat. This woman came out and said... Andrew Cuomo, in the year 2000, hugged me a little too long at a Christmas party. It was a <laughs> hug. 
that lasted too long. And in December of the year 2000, this was a pre 9-11 hug. <laughs> and he had to leave office. This is these people are crazy. And then you have the people making things up out of thin air, like E. Jean Carroll. She had a cat named Vagina. That's not a person <laughs> with a working brain. That I could tell you. Believe me. Hey, by the way, what were you shopping for in, in Bergdorf Goodman that day? I was look, it was some uh, some lingerie for my wife at the time. Okay. <laughs> These are sick people. These are not serious people. I mean, they're, what they're doing is serious, but they're not. They're, they're lunatics. They're clowns, right? People like to call me a clown. They're clowns. Oh, God. Well, what do you think about what's going on in Fulton, Georgia these days? What do you think your chances are down there? <sighs> you look at Fulton, and uh, look, we have, uh, first off, I just want to say with Fulton, the African Americans. They saw it and they say, wow, I think we like Trump after that mugshot. They say that's the roughest prison in Atlanta, <laughs> which is a very high population, as you know, with the African-Americans in Atlanta. And uh, I will say this about Fulton County. We're going to win. We're going to win big. But uh, I don't know if you could call it unintended consequence. You can call it whatever you want. But uh, I'm getting a lot of love from the blacks, from the African-Americans. Something about that mugshot in Atlanta. It did something. It did something. And remember, you look at you know, Kanye was the first. Kanye was the first. He went a little crazy with the Jews. He wasn't happy with the Jews, <laughs> but he'll be back. But uh, but he was the first one. Now, every rapper and their grandma is all coming out. We love Trump, whether it's Little Pump or Little Wheezy, Little Wayne or Waka Flocka Flame or, you know, we love the names. They've got great names in the hip hop. Great names, right? Little Baby, Little Wheezy. I said, what are all these Lils? A lot of Lil this and little that. But uh, and it's not little, it's Lil L I L. I like it. I kind of like it. But uh, they're all coming around, and I think a lot of it had to do with Fulton County because the blacks they see mugshot, they say, "Wow, I had a mugshot. My cousin had a mugshot. My aunt had a mugshot." And you can call it relate. You can call it whatever you want. But they're seeing the persecution, right? Because they feel they've been treated unfairly, and nobody in history. Okay, we're talking world history has been treated more unfairly than Donald Trump. And you know about being treated unfairly. You know, they came after you. They came after your beautiful wife, Patty. These are not nice people. They're not nice people. But we're going to win big in Fulton County. That I can tell you. So what do you think about the, about your big, beautiful wall on the southern border? Well, I think uh, people are finally waking up. People are finally waking up. You know, a lot of the blue states, they said, I don't care about immigration because they were far up. They were up. And the illegals were mostly down. Texas, San Diego, uh, you know, a lot of those states, a lot of those areas, a lot of the states in the lower middle. But then somebody had the good idea of uh, a couple people of sending them up. And now that they're all being dumped up, whether it's Chicago or New York, you look at Adams just came out the other day and he was like, we're not going to have a city. OK, so I think a lot of people are getting a rude awakening. They're like, let them all in, let them all in, but just keep them as far away as possible from me. But now that they're face to face with a, the, a lot of the problems, they're saying, ah, we might need that wall. We might need even more than a wall. Perhaps a moat. Let's build a moat. Let's put alligators in it. They're not happy. They're not happy. We might even get more than a wall. Believe me. And it really, I want to put a mall in the wall. That's my idea. I want to put a big, beautiful mall. Because why? 
because then it pays for itself. So you have the 2,000-mile wall, but then we turn it into a mall. You'll have nice Macy's and, you know, Bergdorf Goodman with crazy E.G. Carroll. She'll be running around there, <laughs> lunatic. You'll have uh, Zoomies with the teenage kids. They like Zoomies, the skateboarders, Zoomies. You'll have uh, H&M. You could have perhaps uh, – what was the one where the goth kids go to? What is it? Uh, <laughs> what is that one? All the kids with the piercings in the ears. And, I mean, hot Topic. I'm sorry. Hot my, topic. my producer is coming up with the name. What is it? Spencer. Uh, Spencer's? No. Oh, Spencer's. Spencer's <laughs> and Hot Topic. They sort of like go together very strongly. There you go. But Yes. But, um, yeah, we want to, we're also thinking about maybe doing amusement park in Wall Land. Do a lot better than Disney, a lot better than Disney. You know, Walt, you know, he did a good job back then, but he didn't like the Jews. He didn't like the Jews, Walt. He hated the Jews, and perhaps he froze himself, we don't know. But uh, Donald Trump loves the Jews. I love the Jews. I did more for Israel than really every, anybody, even Bibi. Bibi will tell you that. And, uh, you know, and I created, I, I made one of the world's great Jews. We call her Ivanka. I made a Jew from scratch. Normally, <laughs> to make a Jew, you need at least one Jew, typically two, uh, together to mate. And uh, But I created a Jew. I'm not Jew. My wife, my ex-wife, not a Jew. But I still, you can call it from scratch. You can call it whatever you want. But I, made, I created a Jew very strongly. <laughs> and I'm very proud of that, believe me. <laughs> Well, what do you what do you think about uh, about the upcoming uh, presidential election? What do you think about uh, Joe Biden's brain? Well, it's an interesting question because I'm in it, right? But what do you think of the next election? I'm in it. I'm in it right now, very strongly. I'm in, sort of embroiled in it. That I can tell you, but embroiled very strongly. Uh, you know, Biden. Look, Biden doesn't even know he's alive. He doesn't know he's alive. I know I'm alive. I'm talking to you. We're having a back and forth. Our president's not capable of back and forth. He sort of just goes this way and reads off a card, doesn't take questions. And, uh, you know, the rumor now is that they're pumping him up with amphetamines, whether it's Adderall or Speed or whatever it is, something housewives in the 50s used to take to vacuum a little bit faster, maybe lose a couple pounds, but it speeds you up because he's so slow and he's so sleepy. So he needs chemicals to speed up. But uh, And then at nighttime, they're pumping him, they're giving him, I don't even know what. These are things that the world has never even heard of. They got scientists from NASA putting together some sort of cocktail to put him down and bring him up in the morning. It's like, remember, Michael Jackson couldn't sleep. He died over this stuff. But Biden, he's like a science experiment. So it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. But Biden's brain, the, back to your, to circle back to your initial question is it's not existed. It's not, it doesn't exist that I can tell you. Well, tell me, tell me, uh, tell me what you think about the, uh, the impeachment inquiry. How's that going to turn out? Well, you know, I got to tell you this. I, I, I sort of have mixed feelings on this because, uh, I've been indicted, and every time I'm indicted, my polls go up, and every lawsuit, my polls go up. So now I'm like, wait a minute. If they impeach this guy, is the same thing going to happen to him? <laughs> I don't know. I sort of want to be the guy with all the taking all the heat, right? Yeah. You're sort of like Spider-Man in the movie Spider-Man. One of them, I can't remember which one. Back when Tobey Maguire was Sp the good Spider-Man. Not, not now. I don't like the new Spider-Man. I don't like it one bit. But the subway was going to go off the uh, the rails, so to speak. 
And uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, he shot Webb and Webb and Webb, and he put himself in front of the train. And Spider-Man, for the first time, the audience is like, oh, my gosh, is Spider-Man going to make it, right? Because that's what makes a good movie. Your hero looks like he's down. And then he survives it, and he saves the people. And I kind of look at myself right now as, like, that Spider-Man character. I sort of look at everything like a movie, right? I was in entertainment. I was in Apprentice. I had great movies. I'm very cinematic. I think like that. So I think I want the audience to see, oh, my gosh, the hero. He's got lawsuits. He's got indictments. But guess what? We come back out. We come back. Okay? (laughs) Is that not the greatest movie you've ever seen? I think it's the greatest movie you've ever seen. I wonder who would play me. I've got my eye on Brad Pitt. (laughs) Well, I remember watching you get interviewed by Tucker Carlson a couple of months ago. And Tucker was saying... We love Tucker. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, every time they throw something at you, whether it's an indictment or a lawsuit or an impeachment, all you do is you come back stronger. Your poll numbers are better. And he says, aren't you worried that if everything else fails, they're going to try to assassinate you? you? What do you think about that? Well, uh, I've put a little thinking into it. And uh, to be honest with you, Mark, I think I would survive that, too. I think I would survive bullet. I think I would survive bullet. They'd bring me to the big, beautiful hospital and they'd take it right out of me. And I'd come out that night and make a speech right after every indictment I came and I made a big speech. I would come out that night and be like, you couldn't get me, right? You couldn't. It's sort of, uh, it's very interesting. I got God on my side. What more can I say, right? I got God helping me out very strongly and... Uh, yeah, I think I would survive, Mark. I think I would survive bullet. <laughs> All right. Well, I understand you like to eat McDonald's, right? I do. That sort of gives cushion, gives cushion <laughs> uh, to the vital organs, that I can tell you. Big, that I can tell your you. big, beautiful vital organs. <laughs> big, my big, beautiful vital organs. They're, gonna, they're so protected. They're so protected. <laughs> well, what are you and uh, Melania going to do for Christmas tomorrow? Well, we're going to be with family, and uh, we're going to open up the big, beautiful gifts, and maybe I'll put out a truth to the haters and losers on one day on Christmas, even to the haters and losers. There's still hope if you just vote Trump. And uh, I'm sure I'll get a lot of gifts, but I mean, really, the real gift is what I'm doing for our country. And uh, so, you know, maybe, you know, two seconds of little happy little sip of hot chocolate, and then it's back to the drawing board, back to dealing with my meeting with my attorneys and planning and plotting and fighting to take back our country, Mark. All right. And you know that better than anyone. Well, we've got to wrap it up. Uh, shout out a, a Merry Christmas to my good friend, Jason Scoop. Whoa! Am I going to... Can I... Can I can I transform to myself? Oh, there my we goodness, go. Mark. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, God. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah. And if I could give a little plug to your audience, if you enjoyed my Trump impression, I'm on Cameo. This is my busy season. People order me doing Trump, wishing them a Merry Christmas, a Happy Birthday, Happy Mother's Day, Father's Day. So uh, Cameo.com slash Jason Scoop. You can find me on there. All right, Jason. And, uh, I I appreciate it. Merry Christmas, and uh, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. You the man, Mark. (laughs) Take care. Take care. All right, well, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night from Mark McCloskey on fire. Get more Mark McCloskey at NewstalkSTL.com. This is Mark McCloskey on fire on NewstalkSTL. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com.